0: Welcome to episode fourteen of the Retro Anime Podcast. I'm your host Ian, and as always, I'm here with Lewis. Hello, Lewis. Hello there. How are we doing? I'm very well. Very well. Good. Good. So we're a little bit delayed. I know I've sent out on Twitter some weeks ago when we we're recording this uh, recording, but uh, Lewis, you've been moving. Yeah, I
1: moved house, which has been chaos. I'm never doing it again.
0: I <laughs> uh, never say that. You know that's not going to be true, so... Uh... No, I'll do it once more, but not, not for a long time. <laughs> yeah, so we're a little, bit, a little bit behind where we want to be, but we're here to record, so um, we'll get into it. There's a few things I uh, want to talk about before we get into today's content. The other week, we actually celebrated our second anniversary of the podcast, so uh, very, very oh! happy about that. <laughs>
1: uh, insert party popping sounds here.
0: Yeah, really pleased um, that we've got here two years. Seems doesn't seem that long ago that we started, actually, but mm. yeah, September... 2016 um, so I'd like to say thank you again to everyone who listens to us we really enjoy doing it our listenership's growing steadily um, yeah so... it's really
1: nice if you do want to bring us flowers that would also be appreciated I'll <laughs> take uh, or, or gift cards whichever you want to give us um, you know we're easy going
0: <laughs> but really we do it for the love of it don't we Lewis yeah and the gift cards <laughs> and the gift cards <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing so uh the other week as well, we booked our tickets to Scotland Loves Anime. We're going to Edinburgh.
2: Yep. Um,
0: so uh, we're both looking forward to that. We've been talking about it for a few years. So this year we're actually going to go and do it. So any of our listeners who are going to Edinburgh, um, you know, get in touch via Twitter or ANUK. You know, we'd love to love to meet up with some of the people that listen to the podcast from a retro anime perspective. I'm really looking forward to seeing Cyber City or Weedo 808. You know, it was a really big thing when it came out in the 90s. Um, it was released by Manga Entertainment uh, as part of their Cyberpunk Collection with AD Police and Geno Cyber. Uh, it is something we'll probably cover on the podcast at some point. I've got it in the two review list, and we will probably do it as part of the Cyberpunk Collection with AD Police and Geno Cyber as you know, a kind of look back on sort of early mid 90s UK anime fandom. This episode also debuts our new cover art created by alan also known as professor irony in various places you can find him on twitter at antihero so check out his deviant art very good artist very very pleased with the cover art he's uh, produced nice to give the uh, podcast a bit of a professional look very very pleased with that so uh, today we're going to review a couple of OVAs from the 80s Um, i know i said at the end of Episode 13, a couple from 1987. So uh, a little bit of a mistake there. So uh I originally thought Love Position was from 1987, so I really wanted to review Twilight Q. And I just thought, well, Twilight Q is quite a unique uh anime as we'll get into shortly. So it was a bit hard to pick something to go with it, so I thought I'll just pick another 1987 OVA. So I thought I'd pick Love Position, but actually it's from 1985. So um we were going to review it anyway so mm. we'll review it now so uh why not <laughs> <laughs> so uh so for toilet like you, i've seen it a few times before uh, this is your first viewing isn't it yeah loose so um but for love that love position actually i've it's um something i've had for quite a while but i've never got round to watching so uh, so this is a first viewing for both of us indeed right so we'll get into our reviews Our first review today is going to be Twilight Q, Uh, this is a two episode OVA from 1987 produced by Studio Dean. Episode 1 was an original work from and scripted by Kozunori Ito and directed by Tomomi Mochizuki. Episode 2 was an original work and scripted and directed by Mamoru Oshii. The music for both episodes was done by Kenji Kawai. Right, a brief synopsis taken from ANN Part 1 Reflection. Mayumi is diving in the ocean when she makes a strange find, a camera. Stranger still, the film in the camera holds a picture of herself on the arm of a man whom she has never seen before. When she discovers that the camera is of a model that has yet to be released, she begins to see the vague outlines of a very strange truth. File 2, File 538, as airplanes mysteriously disappear in the sky, a private investigator, spying upon a strange father-daughter pair, finds himself caught up in their mystery. So, Lewis. Yes. Twilight Q. What did you think?
1: Uh, It's like Mushy She meets Twilight (laughs) Zone, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, It's a bit mad.
0: It is a bit mad. You
1: could carry on. Uh, I've got something I want to touch on at some point, but uh, see if you bring it up.
0: Um, Well, so, I was going to say, so obviously it riffs on the Twilight Zone very, Mm. very heavily. And we've really got Two very very distinct tales here. Yeah. Um, so the two episodes are, you know, standalone stories, and they're and they're very very different from each other. Now, one is, I think, is quite good, and one I think is not so good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and which one do you think is quite good?
0: I would say file five three eight is quite good, and I would say reflection is pretty bad.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I'd agree.
0: So, dealing if we look at them. Um, individually to start with so episode one reflection you know it just doesn't make any sense <laughs> no in my no, view. it
1: really doesn't no
0: um it it feels like it's trying to build up to something and it never quite gets there and yeah. like has no impact when it doesn't get there if you know what I mean
1: yeah no I, we watched it we watched that one together, didn't we? We did, yeah. Um, and I think the main consensus was, "What the bloody hell's going on?" <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not. I, I get there's like a there's an essence of like we're we're playing with time here, so yeah. you know, you know, sequencing doesn't matter. Um, apart from the fact that it does. If you're telling a good story, then if the sequencing is off, then people can make sense of it. It's like the curious case of Benjamin Button, poor ex- poor example, but you know. At the same time, it's yeah. got there's there's method in the sequencing. Um, yeah. Um, there for this there's uh, there's the plot device which is a camera, you know, and they, they 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 establish certain plot shifts. Yeah. Um, that are like, whoa, this this has happened. Where's this going to take us? And but they kind of forget that because they're like, oh, we might have dead ended ourselves there, so we'll just um, we'll make it about the ocean again.
0: Yeah, and that's, uh, a, that's exactly what it feels like. Because to me, it feels like the director had this spark of an idea and it was like, oh, I've got this little idea and it's like, how do I grow it and turn it into an OVA? Because um, mm. it isn't very long. I, you know, it's no. only 26 minutes sort of actual screen time. It's it's very, very short, really. Yeah. Um, but even in 26 minutes, it doesn't really do very much.
1: no it tries to squeeze too much of a of a concept into it um instead of really just like wrapping up the whole uh, the overall feel of it and uh, unfortunately the stuff that it contains doesn't want doesn't make you want to be a part of it at all
0: no that's right and you know there's there's just really weird stuff in it like the junkyard scene in that because each bit keeps having a time uh, a year on it and it keeps skipping backwards and forwards, yeah, in huge bits of time, and like the junkyard scene in '93, just well, it just doesn't make any sense. And whether no. it actually ties up with the post-credit scene, I don't know. It doesn't really. Um, it's unexplained and it's just inconsequential.
1: Yeah, it's like he had a great idea in his head, but the end product really didn't meet his. Yeah brainchild in that sense because he's basically failed to convey the concept that he was trying to put into a product. It's like you're you, you faced with a the, the leading character, the girl. Um, what's her name? May, May, Mayumi. Yeah. Mayumi, yeah. Who ends up just being, I don't know, a canvas of a character. Really. Yeah,
0: that's right. Like you're yeah. Like, you,
1: you get, when she finds the camera and then there's like, it's brought to the company manufacturer that makes the camera, you think okay, this could be going somewhere.
2: Yeah.
1: And the camera disintegrates, doesn't it?
2: Yeah. And that's really
0: stupid.
1: Yeah, that's really stupid because you're like, oh, bloody hell, maybe this can lead into something else. But then they're like, yeah, that's happened. We're going to move on now. Yeah, exactly. 1912. And you're like, what?
0: The the camera's your plot device. Use it. (laughs) And it skips backwards and forwards. And, you know, Mayumi meets her future husband um and then she goes back in time and it has something to do with a history lesson that yeah you know the history was you know the books were wrong and history was right or something and it's yeah. like what what difference does that make no you know it's it it doesn't make you know any difference taken? you know what it would
1: have taken one scene where she got the photos of the camera produced and then laid out on a table and the camera to focus on them and yeah. have iconic cell scenes that the person who watched it then the sequencing would matter because you could go back to that that scene and go right so here's all the photos produced at the time these are all the places that she's been to yeah in the timelines and then you'd be like right okay this this now makes sense because then you could go in past the point of the viewership thing and go all right i have worked out these timelines but there's nothing there
0: no and it doesn't it doesn't string together one bit doesn't really have any consequence on the next bit you know the bit I mean, there's bits that really bother me about it. Um, mm-hmm. When Mayumi does meet Hirata on the ship and has the photo taken that she sees originally when she gets the film developed, it's like, it was only a year before. Surely you remembered you'd have had the deja vu moment where you'd have gone, oh, this is where the photo came from. But no, it's kind of like yeah, all forgotten yeah. <laughs> yeah. sort of thing. It's like- Oh, the camera's gone overboard! Wait a minute. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the, the ending that it was kind of all a dream and stuff was—it's oh, just weak and unimaginative. Yeah, it's, a out. It's, it's just a cop massive out. cop out. It's like it's like watching the
1: cop out ending of uh, of the Holy Grail. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's right. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's like well, we've run out of budget. Sod it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, there's other bits as well. There's like this bit where Mayumi and her brother. Um, not her brother, her friend's, um, Kuako's brother, they're in the car and it kind of runs off the road and she sees this big tree that kind of lures her in and it tries to build like this air of menace. Yeah. And it, and then she walks into it into this, and it's like, it just, it just fails. You know, yeah. this thing really does kind of fail at everything it tries to do.
1: And it's really weird because I didn't think the sound design in that one is good at all. No. I think it's terrible. But in Five Three Five Eight, yeah, the sound design is incredible. Yes, incredible. Like, there's one thing that really struck me was the how visceral the sounds were. Yeah, and almost uncomfortable to listen to, Mm. sort of thing. So it does a good job. Like even the first, like the first three minutes is so like uncomfortable to listen to because it's just very almost real. The sound is like too pure. And for some of its time, I think that's very, very hard to achieve,
0: yeah, and I think that's oshi's input into that, I think I mean the reflection's only redeeming feature is that it's got quite nice animation in it, I yeah. think mm. I think that is it's only um only only redeeming feature totally yeah. then episode two, file five three eight, and is something it's just something completely different now, I think this was it's very experimental, you know, and both of these yeah. things are kind of experimental but I think file five five three eight really really works. Yeah, it's a little yeah. bit longer. It's um it's about thirty minutes. It's, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a fraction longer, but it's um but I think it's a great little story. Really. Um, yeah. You know, it's got and as you say, like the first few minutes, the surrealism of the opening as the plane turns into the car.
1: Some beautiful animation.
0: Some really nice animation, and then cuts to this sweaty man and snotty kid. Yeah. In this hot apartment, and they're slurping noodles and stuff. I, oh, yeah. I just,
1: and it's just so visceral and uncomfortable. Yeah, and yeah. Like, wow, I actually like, and it, it, to the point where you you actually are made to take note of how real it is. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. I was I was impressed by that.
0: And like I say, the sound design in that really, really creates this sort of encompassing atmosphere to the to what you're watching on screen.
1: Yeah, you just get the cicadas in the background, which is like the underlying track, which is clearly in post, but then. the overlaying sounds which are just almost inside your ear (laughs) yeah
0: it almost (laughs) feels a little bit suffocating that i think that opening it's 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 really really effective it's really Mm. good and from that point onwards it creates a really really good menacing and eerie feel through it all the way through you know it it pitches it right from the start and then just maintains it through the 30 minutes uh, which i think is really really good You know, and there's like an early scene just after that as well, where the um, the girls leaning out the window, staring at a plane um, just as it kind of disappears again. And there's this real sense of wonder in the girl. And it's got Mm. this really sort of cool music of the music really fits the scene. You know, it it fits that sense of wonder that you imagine from a little kid looking up at at something. um,
1: Yeah, yeah. And it changes quite drastically as well. It feels like everything you've done in that is quite purposeful. Yes. Uh, so a lot of care has been squished into thirty minutes. It does. Which is sort of like a parallel to what the reflection is really.
0: Yeah. You know, reflection doesn't really feel like it. It knows what it's doing. This feels like she had. A set had yeah. yeah. Again, doesn't fully explain everything, but no. it's you know, and but it leaves yeah. some questions, which is I think is quite clever because it makes you think about well. Is it or isn't it? Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, it it it's just purely designed to make you question uh, function and reality and and yeah uh, life. But yeah, I think it's a uh, it sets out on its purpose. I see the thing the thing is I think reflection tried to tie itself together but ended up with a frayed end. Yeah. And then file three five eight knows that it's not setting out to sort of you know complete the ring instead yeah. just takes you on a bit of this a uh, bit of a, an eerie and visceral ride through
2: yeah exactly
1: almost a midlife crisis yeah <laughs> existential uh, you know existentialism which i think is it does very well
0: because it once you've got that sort of scene set up with the with the the man and the girl then you see this silhouette of a man you know going to dark out yeah, dark background you know a night a night scene and it there's this ominous sort of atmosphere to it um, yeah. and then you kind of get into the the meat through the middle of the film you know kind of like the sort of second act of it and then you know you you, you get this photo montage as he starts you know he gets in sees the teletypewriter and it starts printing off the story which he starts sure. reading and then you get this montage scene and then he starts talking through it you know and it's the story of a detective doing the same thing as the previous detective did yeah and that narrative as he talks through it you know it just pulls you deeper and deeper into this bizarre world that this guy's got into yeah
2: um
0: and it you know it's really clever because you start to you know the bloke this guy is starting to question his own sanity and you're starting to question his sanity with him
1: yeah, yeah. Sort of thing. It does it, it takes you on his personal journey. Yeah. Um does it very well. It gives you like things to think about as you're going through it, but not um, not too much to think about that you're not distracted from his Yeah. um his monologue. So uh, which is is very impressive.
2: Yeah. And
1: it's almost it's almost uh playful with it as well. Yeah. Um, well it
0: is because there's that scene where like the girl farts and you yeah. know the window and it pe- there's like the tension is really high because it's been ramping yeah. up and ramping up, and it's you're you're in this spiral of bizarreness and surrealism, mm. and then you get this far and he opens a window and then it carries on and it just breaks that tension yeah perfectly it's, it's all
1: very well constructed it's all yeah. purposeful, but it's just i don't know it is something that just you just feel uncomfortable, yeah um viewing which I, I think is very hard to achieve for thirty minutes straight,
0: yeah Because um, then you. Because you get this um, like twist ending, which I, I don't want to spoil. No, you know, which changes completely again, and then you're questioning it. You know, and like you say, for to keep that up for a really solid thirty minutes. Yeah, just cause keep... you never
1: get settled into it. Like is because uh, I'd expect I was expecting about fifteen minutes in to sort of like get lethargic and yeah, and and, and you know start just absorbing it like a sponge, like we have done yeah. with some of the other anime.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, but no, it really does. Um, it keeps you teetering along waiting for the drop-off yeah, 30 minutes straight, which is very, very hard to do.
2: Yeah. Uh.
0: It keeps you properly engaged. I completely agree. I mean, that's one of the yeah. things I really liked about it. It was just, and even when I've watched it again and again, you know, I think I've seen it three or four times now, It, but it, it just, you know, it just keeps, you know, even when you know what's coming, it's mm. so good that it just keeps you completely, uh, completely sort of engaged throughout the whole thing, completely gripped. Yeah. And then, you know, at the very ending, you know, with the closing scene of the plane being gutted as the fish is being gutted, and then the look, you know, it's that thing. It's like, well, is it? Is this real? Isn't it? You know, it's just it's very, very clever. I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have my own theories about it and um, and interest, but the fact that it's got me thinking about it is is uh, a testament to itself. Really. Yeah,
0: it shows how effective.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. It was I thoroughly really. I would recommend. I wouldn't even bother with. I wouldn't even bother with a reflection if you're picking it up, but I would. I would no. seriously consider just if you. Yeah, I'm sure you can find it pretty much anywhere. Well, I say pretty much anywhere. I'm sure it's. You know, you have to go looking for it. Uh, file three five eight is definitely worth.
2: It's an definitely definitely watch. Yeah, because
1: um, if you're feeling if you're if you're like a, a two beers in, you're seriously questioning your uh, life choices <laughs> and you really want to think about the the nice little pretty local bridge that you're going to throw yourself off.
0: File three five eight. Let's jump
1: off together. Let's hold hands. Don't forget the gift card though.
0: <laughs> yeah i mean it it's it is clever i mean you know just to sort of wrap up on it you know it hasn't got a lot of actual animation there's a lot of very Stills. still scenes it's a very yeah. talky piece but the art the animation that is in there is very very good
1: yeah and you can tell like that was a conscious choice yeah is like the the music carries the still scenes uh and there's obviously the, the pulling of the sh- uh, the cells yeah so you get some of the moving scenes but where the actual budget of this thirty-minute piece has gone into, it's the surrealism.
2: Yeah,
0: definitely. It's,
1: yeah, it's almost. What would I liken it to?
0: Because interestingly, what? we reviewed Angel's Egg um, in episode four, I think it was. Mm. Um, you know, and this is another Oshi anime that has a nameless man and a nameless girl as its main characters.
1: Yeah, and still does a very good job of character development. Yeah, stuff. yeah. It's a testament to what music. What what music mm. and sa- setting and an atmosphere can do really for telling a story, it's very minimalist.
0: It is, and you know, and I think this I think does more in thirty minutes than a lot of anime probably do in an hour and a half.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know. it really does. It's it's it doesn't skip a beat, um, and it's very easy in old anime and even new anime. You know, because yeah. um, you yeah, um, get the filler episodes, you get the filler time where it's just um. Its dialogue for the sake of dialogue to sort of yeah. accelerate or keep that story going for that little bit longer. Yeah, but no, yeah. I think yeah, I think it's very very much worth a watch. Yeah,
2: you
0: know, if you had to look at it as Twilight Q as an OVA, it's hard to to score it. I you mean, now because it's yeah, yeah, because individually you have, to,
1: you have to score them differently. No, yeah. you have to score them differently because they're, they're they're two very different pieces. Um, they, you can group them together as like um it could be the Mushishi concept where like there's no set yeah um there's no set storyline it's just two parts of that same universe maybe um then maybe yeah i I would say
0: yeah
1: what score would you give it
0: well i'd give i'd give reflection maybe like a three because yeah it's a real mess and it doesn't really add up to anything and it's inconsequential and well it's you watch it and forget it you know it's got very little rewatch value but then by all Five three eight. I would give a nine.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Nine out of ten for five three yeah. eight. Uh, five five three eight, and a, yeah, probably a three
0: or a two for the. Yeah, reflection. a two or a three for affection because it's ass. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but it's a, uh, when you watch. It's reflection, got
1: promising aspects.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's got some ideas which you could see, but it's just it's the execution's terrible. You know, and and really within an OVA. If you watch them back to get the contrast in them, it's extraordinary. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, you know. So file five three eight, a- absolute recommendation. Watch Reflection if you want to just have seen both of them. But mm. it's I don't think it's a must see anime. Where I think Oshi's bit is a definite must see.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, if if you're feeling melancholy, uh, yeah, an the evening, then yeah, file five three eight. uh, Because it will finish and you'll still be sat there and you'll go, damn. (laughs) Really gravelly. Damn. Take a long, hard swig of a a Budweiser. We're not
0: sponsored. (laughs) Other beers are available. Yeah, other
1: beers are available. Asahi. Take a long, hard swig of a a glass bottle of Asahi and
2: just, (laughs)
0: damn. Yeah, Absolutely. Alright, well, next up we have... So next up we have Love Position, The Legend of Hali. So, this is a one episode OVA from 1985 based on a manga by the legendary Osamu Tezuka and it was directed by Shuji Iuchi. It was produced by Tezuka Productions and the animation was done by Sunshine Corporation. Iuchi did a lot of storyboards and episode direction at sunrise. He did pretty much all of the direction on the Spirit Hero Wataru franchise which was also done at Sunrise. Um, the only thing that probably most Western fans would have heard of he directed the Ramna half, Big Trouble and Little Nekonron movie. So what's it about? So a brief synopsis. An agent who was sent riding on Halley's comet comes to Earth. He was actually given an order to destroy the Earth but captivated by the planet's beauty he is no longer able to destroy it. 76 years later, another agent from Halley's Comet is sent to the Earth to liquidate this traitor who is now disguised as a girl named as Lamia in Vietnam. So, love Position, the legend of Halley Lewis, what did you think of this? Um, It's an interesting little adventure. Yeah. I think maybe... Uh... See, I think it's a fairly decent thriller. It's kind of... It's a decent story, it's got sort of logical sort of plot development. I think it yeah. gets off to a slow start and gets better as it goes through.
1: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Sequencing is off. I think yeah. it should have started with the Vietnam scene. Mm. The whole Vietnam sequence should have been slap bang at the start. And it should have built it from there. 'Cause there's a bit it's a little bit all over the ears slow starting because it sort of it sort of does its thing, it introduces Subaru yeah Subaru pretzer we'll call him
0: um w r x yeah. yeah yeah
1: introduces the superar and pretzer w r x uh and sort of has his little, um character development thing like yeah i'm not afraid of a fight yeah uh, and then um and it has it has a few awkward interactions with some of the characters as like a cheap sort of he's in it, he's in it, she's in it yeah, uh, and then goes yeah, back in my day in Vietnam. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, okay, oh, now there's aliens, sort of thing,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, well, I mean, there was a little bit of an alien prelude, but, you
0: know. Well, because it gets off, the, the series, sorry, the OVA, gets off with this alien who's taken on the form of an escaped prisoner, who's the alien who's the second alien from Halley's Comet, who's come to get the first alien. Um, You know, it's a scene ripped out, straight out of Terminator. You're... Um, you know, then you say you get this bit of Subaru is introduced, and then you get this very long flashback to Vietnam to kind of set up the second half of the film, um, yeah. which I think is way way too long. That scene. I mean, I think it's some of it's quite good in that the way it kind of shows you know without being too graphic, it it shows the sort of horrors of you know the atrocities of the Vietnam War, but it just it could have just done with being. About 10 minutes short of that sequence.
2: Yeah.
0: But then after that, I think once that sequence has ended and Subaru goes back to Vietnam, I think it gets better from there. And I think yeah, the final does. the final 40 minutes of the film, I think, is actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: it has some nice setup for plot devices. Kind of why I feel like the whole Vietnam thing should have. I don't know, it might have been a bit of a cop out. They probably found themselves between a rock and a hard place because obviously you've got the aliens segment. Mm-hmm. Early days uh, where they're sort of working on the railroad, and it's. Um,
2: yeah.
1: Uh, uh, what's his face when Street Fighter comes up and attacks him? <laughs>
0: uh, he does look a bit like Guile, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, Guile, yeah, that's the one. Um, a little bit like Guile, yeah. <laughs> and um, so he tears a few heads off, and then yeah. you're like, oh, right, okay, so I, this is going to be a bit intense. And then it drops it. It drops the intensity. like yeah. you, you, Because the scene switches from something like that to. Something relatively low pace.
2: Sort of
1: like you're sort of like on edge in the sense that you're thinking, right? So this is the next place that's going to get hit. He's probably going to walk into this club and demand boots, clothes, and a motorcycle.
0: Yeah, Um, exactly. I I was expecting him to do that, to be honest.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And uh, he doesn't. It's just uh, super impressive getting into a brawl with a bunch of people who's like, you're not good enough for my daughter. (laughs) Um, and then it doesn't really touch on the whole extraterrestrial sort of thing until another 25 minutes later.
2: Yeah.
1: When it's just like, you remember Vietnam, don't you, Dad? And he's like, Yeah, yeah, I remember Nam. So <laughs> yeah. uh, so I got this harmonica. Yeah. Um, and that's that, that.
0: The harmonica's a lovely plot, plot point.
1: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the sequencing's a little bit off, but the overarching stories I, I found quite enjoyable.
0: I mean, I think the setup, you know, with these aliens that live on Halley's Comet, you know, this sort of super beings sort of cleansing the, the universe, I think that setup's quite good. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's quite a. That's quite a nice idea. So you know, I I quite, I quite like that background to it. You know, the disco scene you mentioned. It's like all these films had um, disco scenes in the mid eighties because Lensman, if you remember, had a disco scene in it, and Crusher Joe's got a very very similar. Oh yeah. So, Lens- all, all, so all these all <laughs> these
2: um,
0: all these mid eighties films had um, had some sort of obligatory uh, disco scene in them. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, it's very strange. It was, um, but the bit where. Subaru goes back. I mean, there's some. There are some really good scenes in it. I think the the bit where Subaru goes back to Vietnam and he's in the temple ruins where his dad and Lamina were, yeah. um, and he plays the harmonica and it causes the wall to glow and it reveals Lamina and she awakens. I think that's a really nice sequence. That's got yeah a nice build up to it. It does. It does a bit of mystery using, and stuff. Yeah, he's
1: using his father's harmonica. And yeah. Like so it's just like oh, that's really nice. Like I you got you get it from the get go because it's it's like used when they first meet um so she like you know finds identity with him with his yeah life. yeah like that but that's like using that i think that's a well designed plot point because that's the one that's built up for the longest yeah yeah the other slightly weaker ones is um Obviously going, I'm just going to put this bio sample down here in front of this oscillating
0: speaker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as
1: soon as it got put down there, I was like, oh, come on
0: now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's just... You can read it a mile away. Oh, yeah. It's very...
1: It's very um, what it does do, though, credit to it, is squeeze... I mean, it's 90-minute runtime, isn't
0: it? Yeah, just under, yeah.
1: I feel like it does waste a little bit of time, but... Squeezing what it does into that short space is it, it doesn't yeah well because yeah. I mean if you think about it this way the the film is only an hour long because yeah. there's about thirty minutes of fluff yeah. so if you dis- if you dis- re- disregard the thirty minutes of like weird setups awkward interactions with a few characters then you sort of think okay then this 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 hour long feature does a good job at telling its story yeah um like there's that there's that really <laughs> one scene which is this like maybe there was a few too many characters potentially maybe I'm thinking about it now yeah maybe there's that, that, that one scene where he's like oh by the way super room press this this uh, thing is its biggest weakness you need to use that against it and he's obviously just like why didn't you lead with that and just, instead of just telling him <laughs> about his dad <laughs> he's just so straight up like just it goes for the gonads straight away with the, with the punch and then goes yeah. like sort of puts his hand on his shoulder by The way it's yeah. weaknesses, and he's obviously <laughs> reeling,
2: so
0: he's not taking any of it in. Yeah. No less, so he's like, <laughs> well, that you know, that character, what's his name? Dr. sakuba I mean, he's yeah. got no empathy at all because he's like, No, um, uh, girl, your dad's died in a plane crash. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, oh, yeah, oh, super, yeah, your dad's died.
2: Your dad. but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's the message twice.
0: Yeah, she
1: rings up, Oh, yeah, geez, sorry about your dad. Yeah, he was a. He wasn't a nice man. Um, yeah. And then the next time, yeah, Subaru mate. Jeez, oh, I know you, time's short, and you're being hunted by a murderous into into galactic being right now, but your dad's dead. Um, <laughs> no
0: empathy. Yeah, by know, the no way, subtlety. it's just like you know. I think yeah, that's yeah. hilarious. Our experiments. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, but then it's like that. But the scene right after that is just super. It's just super weird and pointless. You know where he sort of lines up he sort of got, he puts uh he puts his girlfriend out along with Lumina. Yeah. Uh, uh Lamina, that's her name, sorry. Um out in this in the in the hallway and it's just like don't come through this door. Yeah. And they have this sort of goodbye moment and the, yeah. the door's close and it's like he kisses her and then the thing's going and you're like, Yeah, right, something's gonna kick off here. Yeah. Something's gonna actually happen and he he has a moment where he basically sets up this trap and you're thinking, Well, we already know that the oscillations are the only things yeah. that kill him. Like, uh, why, are we, why are we setting up this plot device where he's having flashbacks of his dad singing the same song that he played on his harmonica? Yeah. Because this is better served at the end of the movie when he's having his reflection piece.
2: Yeah. Because all
1: of it is like, he's just thinking about his dad while humming this song, aiming at these explosive casters. Yeah. Uh, and, and then And then he busts through and it's like, Boom, big build-up to a scene that obviously had no build-up personally for anyone watching because they're like, nothing's going to happen here. It's pointless. Why does he (laughs) say goodbye to his love, the love of his life? Uh, That that scene really annoyed me.
0: Uh, (laughs) uh, I mean, I have to say, I think the the bit where they get off to go to the secret base where the dam is or whatever, um, and they're in the snow... I mean, some of those bits, yeah, they're a bit, I mean, this is, like I said, this is where you can read it a mile off. But I think from that point onwards, I think generally it, I quite like the way it plays along. Mm. And, you know, it again, rips off the Terminator because it's the guy that is now sort of effectively a soldier rescuing this girl being chased by the Terminator because that's exactly what he, the character he's playing. You know, he's got a relentless killing machine. Um, but the way he kind of then lures Zambo onto the platform and gets it, and he's got to hit the button. I, I mean, I, I quite like the way that builds up quite a bit of tension in that scene. And as I say, you can read it a mile off, but it's, um, but up and up through that. I mean, I, I quite enjoyed that. I have to say, it was, it was a bit by the numbers, but it was, yeah. it was, we, it was okay. I, I quite enjoyed it. Are we? Are we uh,
1: did you pick up on the on the blatant uh, jaws <laughs> <James> <laughs> reference? Bond? James Bond Moonraker. Yeah. (laughs) The whole cable car thing. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I was like, no, no, they're not going. No. And then he gets on, he gets on the cable car and sees him coming the other way. I was like, Oh my God.
0: Yeah. So that, (laughs) so there's, there's three big movie references in this film. So it rips from the Terminator in the opening and closing scene. It rips from Moonraker because the guy, again, he's the Terminator. Or he is Jaws, yeah. Because um, yeah. you know, he gets
1: his teeth out as well. And yeah, he's gonna, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's
0: like what's going on here? <laughs> and then it literally steals the scene, the last scene from Jaws, the original Jaws. Maybe when he shoots the canisters as as the monster comes through up to the canisters, and yeah. he even says a line like, you know, I think Brody's line is like, "What does he say?" He says, "Smile, you son of a bitch," and Subaru <laughs> Impreza WRX almost says something says something to that effect then shoots yeah. and then the canisters blow up and it you know and it's like oh god
1: they it's, don't take themselves so seriously too, yeah <laughs> yeah it's all very surreal and then there's obviously like i know i found the fact that she's this super powerful intergalactic being who also for some reason like there's that moment where subaro subaru uh touches her shoulder as she's leaving for that big build-up scene to the Jaws reference.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and he's like, sorry, Roberto Bot, but Dad's dead.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: And she just sort of nods, and then she does nothing else with it. Yeah. It's like, love. You're a, <laughs> a super powerful intergalactic being with just as much capability of blowing up this planet as that fellow over there. And, yeah. <laughs> and like, there's, like, that doesn't spark anything within you, the fact that the love of your life, Roberto the one yeah. the, word, the one word you say maybe 80 times out of your 86 lines
2: yeah <laughs> like,
1: and you you're like no that's that's a bloody shame
0: yeah <laughs> there's a yeah. lot of,
1: there's a lot of things wrong with it but it is actually enjoyable
0: yeah uh, yes absolutely like I agree I think it's, it's it has quite a lot of flaws to it the first half of it is badly sequenced and badly paced really I think the second half of the film is quite entertaining and actually does work as a film sequence. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I think personally, you know, I think that works a bit better than you do. But, um, you know, as a as a sort of generic sci-fi action thriller, it kind of works. And I yeah, don't think yeah. it's a waste of anyone's time to watch it. I mean, I don't think it has a great deal of rewatch value, but... You know, I think I think you could have a good amount of entertainment and you could have, certainly have some fun picking out the film references in it as well. So, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. I'm sure there's more. There has to be. There probably is, yeah. Wow. Quite a common thing. I think we've we've said it on a few of these um, sort of mid-80s or 80s anime AVAs that we've watched or films that we've watched where we said, oh, you can definitely see an influence from that and you can definitely see an influence from mm. from that as well. I mean, the characters in it, they're kind of, and okay, Subaru, he's a bit he's a bit bland, he's a typical hothead Yeah. Um I, I think can you can fight
2: anyone. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yasui, he's a typical goon
2: yeah. yeah,
0: in a complete complete and utter goon. Um yeah. let's say Sukuba now those two Sukuba and Yasui, um, there's a lot of awkward moments in this film and normally involves one of those two characters. Yeah when um Yasui's getting all sort of creepy with Yumi. Yeah. And there's a bit like where they're in the airport and uh, Dr. Sakuba gets, you know, he gets all this coffee and he's like he's like, "Oh, what are you doing? Don't disturb me. I'm in my papers." You know. I don't know, he's
2: he's
0: a yeah. weird character, a very yeah, very I think, weird character. I think he is,
1: yeah, because everyone everyone like sort of all the other nameless uh, biomedical ex- staff, yeah. like, go, <gasps> like, he's yeah. going to stand up and just, you know, go yeah. all Super Saiyan on him. Uh, like some old master of Jiu Jitsu, but instead he just sort of brushes it off. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. But then, yeah, he's just like, he's completely inconsequential apart from the, to basically tell every character that a loved one's died.
2: Yeah.
1: Or, uh, or go, oh, that's some breakthrough. <laughs> nice.
2: <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, so he's just, uh, don't shoot the messenger kind of guy. I mean, um, interestingly,
0: to you, Ashida, uh, who directed Fist of the North Star, yeah,
2: um,
0: he was one of the character designers on this. Um, All yeah, right. And I think with Zambur and Yasui, I think you can clearly see a bit of uh, Fist of the North Star character influence in those characters. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Other than that, production-wise, I think the animation's quite average. I think the music's quite average. It's not. a Great deal to say about it, really.
1: Uh, no, no. There's, there's there's a few stars. There's like the chase scene in uh, Vietnam when it's yeah. the flashback with his father. The animation's pretty average in that. Yeah, yeah there's, there's like a lot like
0: of a montages th- in this.
1: There is. Yeah, it takes
0: it eats up a lot of time. Yeah.
1: Um, which is a strange choice. Yeah. But the, kind of... Yeah, it kind of hurts the hurts the pacing. Like it, it did last yeah. a bit too long. But yeah, it's, it feel like it felt like that was just. Um, there's a few starters in the animation like when he falls over um, there's a few like miss frames where he might as well have just done a whole <laughs> like, so sort I of, sort of might have just pushed the shell, cell paper up and just sort of shifted it around and made <laughs> him do a backflip because it was just like
0: who was in charge of that who let that through like, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I mean it does feel a bit cheap it has to yeah. you know coming from
1: it feels pushed out
0: yeah you know coming from um, Tezuka uh, you know a great sort of studio and a great name it it does kind of feel um a little bit pooped out in places um so yeah i mean i would recommend to people to see it i think i think it has a one-time watch in it uh you know i give this a six out of ten
1: yeah um, i think it deserves a six out of ten 6.5 from
0: me oh interesting yeah i think it's a flat six yeah it, it's worth a watch i think 6.5 just to be different
2: yeah, fair enough. And I
1: did enjoy it. I think, like, looking at it, if you look at it and you get critical and you go, oh, but this, because she's a super alien, and and you're actually, like, one of those people who goes, oh, yeah, but, like, you know, they had this gun, and if you took the shot then, like, you know, uh, I wouldn't look at it like a, a super critic, but I do think it's yeah enjoyable. I mean, I don't think it's meant to be funny in no. some places, but it sort of, like, doesn't take itself seriously enough for me to take it seriously.
0: I agree, and I think you've summed that up perfectly there i think you know if you don't if you just want some easy entertainment that's something that's probably gonna you know does have some decent story elements does have some quite good sequences has some film references which you'll have fun picking up on and you just want an easy 90 minutes of entertainment then yeah you probably can't go far wrong with something like this
1: yeah yeah very much agreed
2: Hey!
0: right so that wraps up our reviews for today uh, on the next episode we're going to take a look at some adventure anime and we are going to review Babby Stock and Explorer Woman Ray right where you can find us you can find us on Twitter at RetroAnime you can find this podcast on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes TuneIn, Overcast FM, CastBox Pocket Casts, Podcast Addict and a whole host of other podcast apps and you can find us by searching for retro anime podcast we have a website retroanimepodcast.com you can email the show at ian at com, and you can find me on anime uk news forums where my username is organ so that wraps us up
1: that's like the digital equivalent of you can find us in all good retailers
0: that's right (laughs) Uh, you not you also... Toys R Us, though. We won't no, we're not, them. no, sadly. No. Very, very sad, that is, I think. Yeah, rest in peace. Bought my first Gundam kit from Toys R Us. Oof. <laughs> very sad. Uh, you can also find my other podcast, Retro Mecha Podcast, uh, all the same places as I've just listed, also re- at Retro Mecha. So, Lewis, that uh, wraps us up, I think. So, hopefully, we'll maybe see... Some of our listeners will get to meet at Scotland Loves Anime in uh, about four weeks' time from now.
1: Four weeks' time from now, Scotland Loves Anime. God.
0: Looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah it's come
1: really around quickly.
2: Nice.
1: Yeah, don't forget. Um, I do accept IOUs, <laughs> but again, Amazon gift cards, Japan Center gift cards. We're, we're easy going. Um, <laughs> so, thanks again for it in advance.
0: Right, and on that note, we'll say goodbye. Bye, Lewis. Farewell for now. Don't forget the things. (laughs) Bye, everybody.